Swans Raw 100 or Sir Swans. Good evening. Now we're coming off one of the best wins we've had so far this year with a 43 point win over the Geelong Cavs. Sir Swans, do you want to take us away? Yeah, I normally um, bang on quite extensively about the win, but it was a pretty good game. Um, yeah, we kicked on after half time and won, but let's move on and worry about the next game because it's only Geelong and they've become pretty easy to beat. Um, yeah. It was it was a so-so game. Okay, Vaughn, your thoughts on the game? <laughs> or your 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 man? Yeah, geez, hard to hard to follow that. Um, very very in depth analysis there. Um, obviously, Luke had an incredible game. It was probably one of the most complete games I have seen uh, from a midfielder. In the past few years, he was so dominant and I'm not going to go on and on about it because I don't really think I need to. Geelong game was a little bit annoying in the sense that I always felt as though the goals that Geelong kicked were kind of fluky, like there was really no solid foundation. It wasn't as though they had us outmatched um, from a, like it's not as though they outmatched us structurally. So I always felt as though we completely had the game under control and it was just very frustrating to see us not convert it and to also hand them opportunities from our turnovers. Also a shout out to Ben, he played a really good game on Joel Selwood. I thought even though Selwood's stats were quite decent, I felt he had minimal impact on the game and he didn't really have a chance to turn the game like he usually does. So props for that. Um... Yeah, I guess it was just a mixed game. I'm happy to come away with the win and, yeah, on to Hawthorne. I was pretty happy with the performance in the weekend. Obviously, Luke Parker's performance I've set on the board was one of the best games I've ever seen by a Swans player. Like, I know some people bring up several fantastic games, usually by forwards in our colours, where we've had complete shutdown roles by defenders, but that was a... Complete game, it was marking the ball, kicking goals, assists. I couldn't fault him on the weekend, it was brilliant. Um, also wanted to have another shout-out for Tom Mitchell, third week running up there in the votes. He's really changed the dynamics of our midfield and our side and is really allowing us to free up a couple of players. It was also nice to have Hanabry back amongst the disposals again on the weekend, 35 disposals, and looked like he was back up and running after a few quiet weeks, which was important. Also, once again, happy again with Mike Pike for the third week in a row. He looks like he's really stepping up at the moment, and hopefully he continues on the weekend. Really? What game were you watching? <laughs> he won the hitouts, but he's useless as a bull with tits around the ground. He's getting hit out to advantage. He's giving us opportunities around the clearances. He's tackling at the moment, which is important. His tackling's good, but he's got to do more with when he's got the ball. I'm worried about those sort of players, and we'll get into the preview later, when we play a team like Hawthorne, who 
get the ball and just do nothing with it, they'll be exposed pretty quick, I think. But yeah, I was I was disappointed with some of his moments when he had the ball. Like Ruckwork, excellent tackling pressure, good, but he's when he gets the ball, it's disappointing. Uh, that being said, he isn't in the side to be an elite disposal of the ball. He's in the side to give us a contest and hopefully give us an advantage out of the ruck in the midfield, and that's what he's doing right now. I think he's performing his role quite well. Yeah, actually, I actually would second uh, what Bonds just said. Like, I definitely noticed, I can't really remember the other games because it has been a few weeks, but definitely against Geelong, he he was just a lot more involved. Um, I guess Mumford was a real strength for us in that he would kind of be an extra midfielder with his tackles, and obviously Pike doesn't have the same natural footy smarts that Mumford does but I think I definitely did notice that he was more willing to lay a tackle more willing to uh you know try and get a disposal his kicking is still pretty horrendous um I don't think that's going to be changing but yeah I I thought he had a decent game but yeah oh decent I just didn't think he was a standout that's all I thought um the one player I actually thought I would highlight, I thought he moved better than any other game was Adam Goods. I thought looked his best for the year. I know, I mean, I know he's not looking like the Adam Goods, but I don't know what you two thought. I thought he showed some better signs than other weeks gone by in terms of his agility, especially, and he got a little bit more of the ball, took some marks, and created a few opportunities. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, Nils. Goods' best game for the year, and one thing I really noticed on the weekend is just how assured he is when he's actually got the ball at the moment. Like, when he was younger and more athletic, he had a few tendencies where he'd rush disposal sometimes, but right now he's allowing players to run at him, and he's getting the ball away at the last minute with a handball over the top, and he was quite effective in his role on the weekend, 80% disposal efficiency, and yeah, I was impressed. I'm still not 100% sold on goods. Like, I thought his game uh, on the weekend was a lot better and obviously he's better for having uh, had a run in the seniors for a while and we all know that he doesn't really click until mid-year anyway. So for that reason, I'm very sceptical to drop him out of the team because, you know, as we all know, it does take him a while to get going. Um, he is moving better and props to him for that, but... Like just on what you said about how he's kind of drawing um, defenders, I find with his handballs they are mostly to advantage. But with his kicking, I, I think he's, it's not so much that he's lost speed because he still has a lot of acceleration. But I feel as though um, now more than I did a few years ago, I get really nervous, especially as a defender comes closer and when he goes to kick it, just because I feel like he's taking a bit too much time personally. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but yeah, I feel like it, I wouldn't say his disposals are rushed, but I would say that they definitely can be sped up a lot more. Oh yeah, he's got work to go, but it's it was a better game than he'd been playing. But you could, I don't think you could drop him on that game unless I knock the door down in the reserves. I'm not aware of, but it'll be interesting to see how he goes this week against Hawthorne. Okay, and one last player I want, or two last players I want to ask you guys about. Um, Heath Grundy right now. Do you guys believe he's in with a chance of all Australian? Did a really good job on Clark on the weekend. Twenty-five disposals on the rebound with a ninety-two percent efficiency, which 
and no clangers, which is really surprising for Grundy and a lot of the slack he's copped over the years. But this year I felt as if he's actually really gone from strength to strength. I can't remember too many times he's really been beaten. Do you guys see him as potentially an All-Australian candidate? Candidate, yeah. I think he'll make the 40. I don't think he'll make the final uh, cut, though. Just me personally. Grundy's been really good. Have you guys noticed that there is a correlation between a certain flog not being on the podcast and Grundy playing well? It seems to have improved his, his confidence a little, I'd say. He's definitely one of the better defenders in the comp. He's the best defender in our team, but All-Australian, probably not. But he, he doesn't really tend to get the kudos from the media that some of the others get as well. So he flies under the radar a little bit. Um, Mitch Clark, too. I think it helped Tom Hawkins was out. So we'll see how they go this week. I, I keep saying that. But, yeah, I think he needs a big scalp if he wants to jump into the All-Australian team. I think people like Alex Rance and that are pinned in, aren't they? no matter what they do. Harry Taylor, like you said last week, Corey Enright just walks up for the All-Australian Awards. I think it takes a few years to get in the good books. But he's definitely one of our better players this year, that's for sure. Okay, and the final player I want to ask about, would you guys prefer the 2012 Lewis Jetta or the current Jetta we've got running in the team right now? Because he was good again on the weekend and has actually had a pretty consistent year so far. Um, yeah, that's actually a really tricky question because the 2012 Jeddah provided so much um, excitement and unpredictability around goals. And I guess we just had a different game plan in 2012 with, you know, he really complimented to all of our midfielders running forward. But he's just such a good user of the ball. It seems almost a shame to just have him kind of hover around that forward 50 arc. Um yeah, I, I definitely I – oh, I don't even know. I think I prefer the 2014 Jetta just because we don't have many elite 2014 uh, Jetta, last year's Jetta. So, yeah, 2014 uh, for me. 2014, not 15? Oh, yeah, oh, sorry, 20 – you know what? I didn't even just – I okay, I meant 2015 every time I said 2014 because my mind is just like – stuck in 2014. Okay, fair enough. Sorry, I was getting confused there for a second. Um, Swans rule? Um, probably the current Jetta, I guess, because the more the ball's in his hands, the better off we are. He's probably arguably one of the best users of the ball in our team. I think he still needs to get more off the ball, but we, we, I'd forego his goal kicking to be a high disposal winner, I guess, is the, the question really, and that, that my answer is, yeah, I'd rather him get more possessions, which means play further up the ground away from goal. Yeah, I, I do agree. Um, definitely the, this year's 2015 edition <laughs> of the Lewis um, Jetstar plane thing. Um, his, the main thing that's really surprised me this year is his um, actual willingness to really help us get out of congestion by uh, either moving in the pack like around the pack and getting a handball out to the outside or just a little bit of a data speed. I'm not to mention he's probably the one player in the team I actually feel safe with the ball in his hands, except for maybe Jared McVeigh. Who, yeah, I really prefer this year's version of Lewis Jetta. That being he's still said, too inconsistent, though, I think. He's got to be more consistent. He's got to perform against the better sides. 
like his game against Fremantle, for instance, and was not a scratch on his game against Port Adelaide, and he has good quarters, and then he goes missing. He's still unreliable too often for my liking to be negative. And I kind of miss the 2010 Jedo who took us on that journey, <laughs> journey of behind. 18. <laughs> oh, I remember the moment he first kicked that, when he kicked that goal, it was just after the start of the third quarter. <laughs> Didn't he kick a goal and it actually got taken off him? Yeah, that was just um, <laughs> after the siren in the third oh, quarter yeah. of that match. Kicks oh. this goal from 50 metres in the siren and just gone before the ball hit his boot. <laughs> yeah, Jeddah, I have to agree with you. Like, on his inconsistency, he kind of just has two extremes. Either he's very good, like, or he's just very bad. He definitely has a tendency... Maybe not so much to get tagged out, but he just he just completely I, I I don't know, I feel like some players they don't let one particular contest influence like their whole game. Whereas I feel like if he if something goes wrong for him it kinda affects the rest of his game. So that's something that I'm not a big fan of either, actually. Now his that you mentioned took a massive hit last year in the grand final that he's got a lot to make up for. So So does the whole team. Yeah, but particularly Jeddah. I think he was arguably the worst player in the worst grand final performance I've seen. It's not that it's all his fault, but I think we, we lost the grand final once he sucked on that dummy, I reckon. Honestly, I've just blocked that game out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the um, game against Hawthorne. That will actually make a difference. Let's be honest. Um, that's the only reason why we're here. <laughs> Three threads? On it, so pretty pretty big news. So we need a fourth thread. <laughs> well, is there another view we could get? The umpire's view. Well, the, the podcast view. view. <laughs> We're going to have a fourth thread. The podcast view. That being said, we do have a. Well, it's a relatively big game against a somewhat okay opposition this week, and against Hawthorne. Um, how do you guys see the match playing out, Von? Um. Look, it's, it's, oh, it's Hawthorne. Like, I don't know what else to say. It's, it's just annoying because when it comes to that team, they just, like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like Horse just becomes inept the minute we play Hawthorne. And it's, it's just so frustrating watching their team because their skills and their efficiency is just everything we should be, but we're not. And it's frustrating, especially, I know that their form lately hasn't been that good, but it's definitely coincided with some key outs. So it's it's hard, and also they played Melbourne last week, so it's hard to take away uh, too much too much from it. Um, but one thing I will say, I had a quick quick look at the stats from their last uh, few games, even the games that they lost against um, against Melbourne. They had thirty extra kicks. GWS extra 20 kicks against North they had 70 extra kicks and I had a another quick look at the Swans and we pretty much either break even on kicking and just absolutely demolish them in handballs and I think we all remember well I don't really remember because I've blocked it out but I remember thinking that in the 2014 grand final we just overused it we handballed it so much and our receivers would get smashed by Hawthorne um, in the tackles so that's something that that's something that I feel like is a real concern coming into this game because I don't know 
how much we've learnt from the grand final. I know we've heard in the off-season just how much they want to get revenge, but, yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's going to be a, a pretty challenging game. And Lewis is a huge in for them. Lewis is a huge in? He didn't play last weekend? I don't think he did, did he? Oh, no, no he's sorry. been suspended. They were right, correct, sorry. Yeah, Lewis is a massive in. Jesus. And Lake? Uh, Lake's still, Lake still considered a 50-50 for this week. So That being said, I'd like to beat him with their best 22 on the park. No excuses, but... Oh, we can't. <laughs> Hodges out. Plus, yeah. they, are, they always have like an extra three players, so it's, it's just difficult. <laughs> that extra three players makes a massive difference. That being said, um, how do you guys seeing some of the matchups going this weekend? Do you send McGlynn to Lewis or Mitchell? So Swans? McGlynn to... Oh, jeez. we oh, we got to tag one of them. Mitchell would be nice, actually. I'm sick of him getting off the leash. Um, it's going to take a team effort. We need to get our hands on the ball and keep their prime movers away at the stoppages. So whether you do that with a direct tag, I don't know. I think McGlynn... Played quite well with a direct assignment last week on Selwood, so I'd give him a crack at probably Mitchell. I think he sets up the play a bit more, and O'Keefe used to take care of him And when we had better success against Hawthorne, so I think that's the way to go. And Lewis just as part of the rotation. Um, yeah, that's what I would do in the midfield. Okay, Vaughn, how would you stop the midfield? Oh, the midfield? Um, honestly, I... I actually, like, before the podcast, I sat down, looked at their team, looked at not only their forward line, but their midfield. And there's just so much talent. And it's, I don't know, for me, like, I had some matchups, but I feel like I'd almost, obviously, I agree with SI in saying that it would be great if Mitchell can be tagged. And I agree that Ben would um, be good for that. And it's also very good for us that Hodge is out. I feel like, aside from Burgoyne, I don't really want to tag anyone else. I feel like we should just back our midfield against them. We can't possibly tag their whole team anyway. I don't think we should because it's sacrificing our game a lot. And just on matchups in general, a massive matchup for me is Rampy versus Gunston because Rampy has, has been in terrible form one-on-one. And I just feel like that's going to be a key decider in how the – game pans out. Rampy's so undersized. I don't get why Sam Reed can't play on someone to start with and free him up because he's he's just being sent to the bloody wolves and he's got no confidence and he's gone from being a pretty good user of the ball to brain fart city down there. I mean, even maybe Laidler could have a crack or something, but I guess Rampy did have a good go against Gunston last year. It just seems silly. We've got this 194, 90-odd kilo fellow running around loose on the wing, getting team-level possessions and not playing him where Rampy is. He's only 180-odd centimetres. It's just ridiculous, really. 189, so <laughs> pretty still. much 190. Gunston's like, what, 194 or something? So he's still giving away about five centimetres. Which is And weight. And, yeah. and, and Rampy's not, a, as shown, he's not a key defender one-on-one, but he's asked to do it every week. It's just, I don't know, I think, but I think it comes down to the midfield to protect Rampy, protect Richards on Rafed because 
um, and Grundy on hail, I guess, or whoever's down there, because if we, they get plenty of supply down there, repeat entries, they're going to kick goals. They're going to outmark our defenders. We need to do it, do it at the other end, because if we keep it down there, Buddy's going to beat their defenders. Tippett is capable of winning one-on-one contests. Goods, if he's in form, can can snag it. So, and if we're pushing Jack and Parker forward, I think we've got we've got plenty of attacking options as well. We just have to actually score when we have our opportunities, which we haven't been doing as well. In, when we have the momentum, we don't capitalise. We actually tend to give away a goal against the tide, which we can't afford to do this weekend. And we can't afford to give away the high possession counts we keep giving away against Hawthorne. As simple as that, I think. Who do you guys send to Ruffhead this weekend? Uh, Grundy or Richards? Um, I'd like to see Grundy go to him and have Richards just kind of either take the second, third, tall if Rampy doesn't get it or just kind of do an easy job as a third man up. I think you got to send... Um... Richards probably has to go to Rufford first because Grundy has to probably play on Hale or McMcAvoy, whoever's resting down there, or whichever tall ruckman they they put there. Um, yeah, Rampy probably has to get, take Gunston unless Reed actually does go back there. But yeah, I think Richards will go to Rufford first. Is my prediction. What about you, Vance? Uh, I believe we'll send Grundy to Rufford first up. I like that matchup and. Personally, I think I would be really worried if Richards was on Roughhead. Both Grundy and um, Richards don't have the pace to go with Roughhead right now, especially that um, Richards has lost a yard or two this year. But if it was in a one-on-one wrestle, I'd be far more comfortable with Grundy being there than Richards. Roughhead's been pushing into the midfield as well this year a bit too, so we've got to watch out for that. Would you let the defender follow him? No, I wouldn't. No, not at if he pushes up into the midfield, I'd back our midfield. i just go for it. I agreed with what Vaughn said earlier in the podcast. Tag out Mitchell, maybe Burgoyne, use a play that can run the other way on him. But after that, back out midfield in head-to-head. I mean, I think the, sorry. if you look uh, at our midfield, it isn't exactly full of small names either. You've got Kennedy, you've got Parker, you've got Jack, you've got McVeigh. They're going to have their own worries as well. Exactly. But I think it comes down to the fact that against Hawthorne, players like Jetta, Rowan, Reed, Rampey, Towers when he plays Cunningham, if he plays like even Goods now, he's a bit slower, sure, and even Tippett, they're the players who have probably been in our bottom six or so when we play Hawthorne, and they just don't have an impact on the game at all. Whereas if you looked at Hawthorne's worst players against us, they have a little role, they get 10 possessions, they do something. Um, and we leave the work to too few. Like, yeah, we've got Parker Kennedy. Kennedy dominates against Hawthorne, but it's to no avail if he doesn't get the support. I think the game will come down to can Jetta stand up against the Hawks? Can Rowan actually have an impact and kick a few goals? I think that's that's where the game potentially is won for Sydney because that's where the improvement has to come from from our last few games against them. So if we're going to win, it'll be because one of those few players, especially if it's Tippett, has a big game. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess, another thing that I'm concerned about, and I have spoken about it on the podcast, we've touched upon it, um, just the defensive running, just the support our midfield is giving our back line this year in particular. I don't really remember last year, but this year it's just been so ordinary. I remember in 2012, you know, like opposition supporters, commentators, whatever, they'd comment that um, 
you know, it felt as though that the Swans always had more players around stoppages or in the back line helping them run it out. And I, I feel like so much is being left to people who are not capable, like Layla, Rampy, Shaw, you know, they're all good players, but you can't put so much pressure on oh. players, in my opinion, that aren't of that calibre to meet up, like, sorry, not meet up, to match up to it. And uh, Vaughn, th- one second, we just backtrack there for a second. Did you just call Shaw a good football player? Well, yes, but I also would like to point out that it's nearly 11 o'clock and it is very close to my bedtime, so I am <laughs> not making too much sense. <laughs> um, but, no, it's, it's just very frustrating to see that, you know, like – Hannah's, all of them, they're having such good games offensively. And I know that Jack's been moved to half forward. I know that they have been so attacking. And now with Kennedy uh, and Parker kind of shifting in and out of the half forward line, I know that they've, you know, try and kind of hone the attack. But I just feel like they could do so much more in the back line. It would go, you know, like, for example, Gregson against... um, against Shaw last week. I felt like Shaw had absolutely no support. Like, Shaw was horrendous on his own. But, you know, it just felt like where was third man up? Where was any of that? So that's something that worries me about them coming up against Hawthorne. because forward lines against Sydney now try to draw the defences away from each other and play them one-on-one because that's how Clarkson beats us and exposes us every time we play them. Um and then, so you left with a Shaw one out. Like, they'll probably try to isolate Shaw against a Bruce or a Shields or someone or whoever because he won't beat him. And you'll get, when the ball hits the ground, our defence is slow. And if the midfield don't push back, like you say, and help them, they get exposed. Because, I mean, 2012, we won the Premiership with Shaw, Richard Smith, what, Matt Negrundy, Johnson, and Malcheski sort of as a back seven. LRT could push back there. And, I mean, we haven't improved on that at all. I mean, Grundy and Smith have sort of stayed level. Johnson's injured, Richard Shaw have definitely declined, Matner's gone, and Malcheski's gone. I mean, McVeigh's back there, but we, we have, that defence hasn't improved, and I think teams have worked it out. We haven't really changed by nature of chasing key forwards and being banned from trading, I, I think, but that's not going to help this week. I think it'll come down to not being isolated and, and trying to control the midfield and pushing back, limiting the inside 50s, but that's a big bloody ask against Hawthorne. That's why the rampy. Gunston matchup just worries me so much because you guys do remember that game. Uh, was it in twenty uh, the first game in twenty fourteen? No, we won that one. One of the games in twenty fourteen, they completely isolated Rampy, completely exposed him, and they used him as the launch for their entries into the fifty. And I, I'm just worried that we're going to see that again if we don't provide any support. But then it's like, who else can you really put on Gunston? So it's they just have so much quality. Well, that being said, out of everyone in our team, I think Rampy would be the ideal matchup for Gunston as he has some pace and is relatively athletic. You put Grundy or Richards on Gunston, they're going to get burnt off the lead so quickly you won't even know what happens. Yeah, Rampy has to have first crack. The only other person who maybe could go back there would be if Rowan went to the back line if we got desperate or... Laidler, I guess, could have a crack, but Rampy, Rampy did beat him twice last year, to be fair, I thought, so it was only really the last game and maybe a quarter where they turned it in the second last game. I think from memory, Rampy was a bit caught out, but yeah. 
Look, as you, as you said, Bonds, we've got our weapons. We have to win the ball, play to our strengths if we want to win and and, and win more of the, the hard 50-50 contests than they do. And this won't be an issue because it'll be down our end more. But ugh, whether that happens or not, we'll, we'll find out, I guess. Okay. Final predictions for this weekend? Look, me? Um, look, I think we've talked about the class of Hawthorne. Um, I think arguably... Percentage is more of an indicator of the ladder right now, and I think they've got the second best. Maybe Frio or West Coast have the best, but I saw that them against Essendon and Port and GWS, and they could have really honestly won all three of those games. GWS, they got some bad umpiring. Essendon, the time sort of ran out, and Port, they almost ran over them. So they're not out of form. They're getting players back. Lake might be back, Lewis. Um, they're not unbeatable. Our best can do it, but I think we're giving away too much when we have the momentum. And I think, although we are improving, we're not quite there yet. And I think the Hawks, by five or six goals, is a realistic prediction. Yeah, Vaughn? Yeah, um, even though it's getting closer to 11, I'm definitely not deluded enough um, to actually tip us. I just think Hawthorne have too much quality ball users that are just going to expose us on the MCG. Um, So... And I'm, I'm also worried about the back line. I don't think they've really been tested against the side like Hawthorne this year, and I'm not I'm not too excited to find out how they perform. So I reckon Hawthorne probably arm wrestle early. I just hope it's not a blowout like it was in that game. That can, won't be mentioned. Can you see us win? I can see us winning, but it just I'm feels like us. too many things have to go right if you're doing it logically, but football's not logic. I'm confident and I'm tipping us this weekend. Where are we winning it? I believe we'll beat him in the midfield. And I like our forward line against the defence at this point in time. Yep. If they play a half-done lake, I, and I hope they do, I believe we'll be able to isolate him. I, in all honesty, think we should win this weekend. Well, Don't know well, why. They just played a, a half-feet reality last time. <laughs> backfired. Yeah, that hurt a little bit. No, you're right. I mean, if our, if our midfield get on top, we have the firepower to beat Hawthorne. I, I agree with you, Bonds, in that, but I'd just be so much more confident if they had actually played, like, consistent football or, you know, like, our win against Port now looks a lot less flashy considering they just got their ass handed to them by Brisbane. A win I, against I, the Giants looks better, though. <laughs> Why do we have to play them twice? What an unfair draw. <laughs> Tell me about it. Look, I will say this. You look at our midfield, and I think it's the equal, if not better, than the Hawthorns. I know they bashed us last year, and less said about that, the better. But if Kennedy, Parker, McVeigh, Jack, Hanabry, and Co. can really get up and running, I don't think there are many teams in the league that can beat us, and that includes Hawthorne. So I'm going out on a limb here and tipping this once by 21 points. Have you ever have you ever tipped against us? I feel like no, you've actually, never tipped against us. I've tipped against us quite a few times. What, last year? Yeah, last year. Not this year. <laughs> not this year. I think I tipped Port against us this year. You're spit. We didn't have a podcast then. No, we didn't. But I tipped Port against us in tipping. I'll tell you what, though. If we, if we win... the, the It'll be a, you know, season on track. Can I ask you guys something? We all heard in the off season that 
that you know that this game is meant to be us atoning for the grand final. It's meant to obviously it's not meant to even come close to helping us get through it. But will you guys actually feel differently about any of it at all no. if we were to beat Hawthorne? Because I don't feel any differently. No, not in the slightest. If anything, if we came out and smashed them, say by the same amount that they beat us, you'd almost be pissed off, wondering why it wasn't there when it counted. There's no such thing as a replay in a way. We don't get it back. Like we're losing to them in 2013, we didn't have to hand the 2012 cup back or anything. So who cares? Anyways, it's over. anyways, guys, thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Swans Footy Podcast. I'm Bon Sedan, I've been joined by Von and Sir Swans. Thank you, good night, and happy birthday to Leo Barry. Thanks.